Welcome to Bygone Geek. Loading another awesome episode in 3, 2, 1, launch. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? There's something very important I forgot to tell you. Come with me if you want to All right, folks. Eric and I are having another fight night. And Eric, trying to beat me, is going to be Mission Impossible because you are about to be terminated. So yippee ki mother brother, because there can only be one. Welcome to Retro Fight Night, round two. All right, coming off of round one, I... This is such a fun new recurring episode for us. I feel like every time we think of that, you know, I feel like I'm afraid we're going to run out of episodes and then we think of something like this and it's just like, this is awesome. I, this is so amazing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I loved the first one and this one is like, has a whole different lane to it, yeah. you know, and I'm really excited to go through it. And for everybody who's listened back to round one, uh, we're going to keep the same sort of format. It's just different categories. Um but still, I'm still gonna win. <laughs> I declared it at the end of the last episode that I won. <laughs> he has hosting rights that I don't have, so man, <laughs> that's true. I have the access to social media. He's got director's cut. <laughs> so, like to me, it's just like I can make up it. Oh, we got all these comments, David. That our audience said that I won. <laughs> Uh, all right. So uh, the first category we're going to do is a pretty big category straight out of the gate. Um, so uh, so here's the first one. The name's Bond. James Bond. Morning, Mr. Hammond. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, fight. <laughs> all right. You can't beat spy versus spy. And when it comes to that, James Bond and Ethan Hunt. I feel like we had a hard time determining. It's like, is Jason Bourne part of this? Is like John Wick part of this? But I right. feel like when it comes to the spy genre, it really is It really is 007, James Bond, and Mission Impossible with Ethan yeah. Hunt. Like you can't, there's, I can't think of any other spies that are at that level. Um, so yeah, similar to what we've done in a, the previous round one of Retro Fight Night, the tale of the tape on this is that James Bond... 168 pounds, six feet even. And Ethan Hunt, this is for you and I here, David. Oh, yeah. 165 pounds, five foot seven. Normal guy. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I <laughs> heard know? five foot three, but yep. <laughs> yep, five foot three. I'm like five, seven and a half, depending on what <laughs> shoes that I wear. So I'm like, yes, Tom Cruise. We got one guy in here that's a normal height. <laughs> I've always loved Tom Cruise, and someone's like, why? And I'm like, it might be a short man complex thing. I, I don't know, but he's the man. <laughs> yeah, for him to overcome being the average height of an American, which I think it is, I think it's five eight. Yeah, for him to just overcome... keep short man burning me. <laughs> I am gonna throw in so many old man burns this episode. Just keep it I, coming. I don't know how much ammunition I can have at five seven and a half, and you're five three. It's just like, meanwhile, there's tons of guys that are six feet tall listening to this and be like, "Yeah, go ahead and bicker all you want, short guys." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, enjoy that back pain as you have to bend down lower to hit me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so with this, like I, I, I feel like much like our first episode, I had such a hard time with breaking these down and mm -hmm. looking back through the different movies. And I think what's unique about this too is James Bond is played by so many different characters. Yeah, and that when you look at like Sean Connery versus Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt, it feels different than if you go to like Daniel Craig. Sure. Versus, like, those are, you got like a bruiser weight in Daniel Craig as James Bond. But even yeah. like with Pierce Brosnan, that was more in our childhood, was the James Bond. He was, he was a skinny dude. He was just, he looked good in a suit and was more mysterious than he was like big and strong. Yeah, um, suave, debonair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I would definitely give the sweet talking uh uh, th that would be James Bond, hundred <laughs> percent. Like his his way to pick up ladies. Like he he was so suave. He looked good in a suit. Uh, his accent was just like it didn't matter which which one you've ch chose. Like if it was Sean Connery or Pierce. like the accent's amazing. But like with Ethan Hunt, I feel like 
all of the women he was linked to died. (laughs) It's like movie after movie, anybody he gets involved with like dies. And it's just so, yeah, he's not very suave. He just has a lot of uh, collateral damage of ladies. I can see it now, like this romantic rom-com scene of James Bond and a picnic blanket and like a a lady. And then Tom Cruise is there as well. And like Tom Cruise is like, hey, look at me. And he's in the background hanging off a jet plane. But the lady (laughs) can't see past James Bond's eyes. And like, sorry, Mr. Cruise, you're not winning that, that battle. And I mean... What do they say? A, a, a man looks great in a tux. Mm-hmm. James Bond. Oh, for sure. There's not another person who looks no. better in a tux. I no. mean, yeah, absolutely. And, like he's defined. He's defined the kind of tux wearing. <laughs> I feel like I'm heading into the category. I'm just gonna sound like Ric Flair here. He's a tux wearing. <laughs> you know, sports car driving, Rolex wearing. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's just, he's got that cool factor. Limousine riding, <laughs> jet flying, totally. I mean, he's inside the jet that Tom Cruise is hanging off of, it's which true. is kind of cool. But um, <laughs> what's cool about these two as well, um, in our last fight that I won, uh, we talked about <laughs> these like supernatural beings in a sense these are two dudes who also have a team around both of them which i think will add layers to how we decide our winner um because but yeah these are these are both guys who are highly skilled one is in mi6 um and i guess is mission one's just in the mission impossible agency love to see that business card not (laughs) being given without laughter um wait your agency is actually called mission impossible you don't be laughing much when you know there's an explosive in it (laughs) (laughs) that'll self-destruct in five seconds (laughs) worst business card networking event ever um but i've got to say when we talk about bond and his strengths when I, the, the first thing that came to mind, any Bond is gadgets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any Bond, even uh, uh, the Daniel Craig, who was more of a mixed martial artist, kind of more just physical, mm-hmm. but they were always quick and smooth, yeah. whether it was with a, a lady or a villain, which mm-hmm. I thought was always kind of cool. They never seemed flustered. No. Even when the, they were backed into a corner, they were still so smooth. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got some great driving abilities. Their, his strength, his aim and accuracy was always pretty cool. Um, and they were stealthy. But if we had to talk about their team, I have to first, and I'm not declaring Bond a winner. I'm saying his bond, uh, Bond's team, to me, is who I would pick to have mm-hmm. my back. Mm-hmm. Q, Money Penny, um, just the stuff they created and and the 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 whole agency yeah. uh, behind MI6 and I think you know talking we did talk about Mission Impossible their agency and all that but like they're good but you want MI6 yeah I I would agree with it that when it comes to the tech portion of it because it seems like yes there were times in all of the James Bond movies that I feel like have spanned close to sixty years now like it's quite a span yeah. Um, that it there was every once in a while that Bond was kind of like blacklisted or like became a rogue, but yeah. not as often as Ethan Hunt. Right. I feel like in the first movie, he was more in a group that was like an official group. And then because of how things went down, I feel like every movie since then, his tech team is like a ragtag yeah. edge of being a criminal, edge of being a good guy sort of team. Um, so naturally, I feel like, yeah, he gets the cool tech and the face mask that somehow perfectly adopt you know it's it's like face off with john travolta and nick cage that it's just like wait somehow the mask also changes your physique that you gain or lose 40 pounds um but, i need one of those <laughs> yeah seriously um but i i feel like because of that ethan tends to have more of a ragtag yeah uh, like per project team um sorry vin rames yeah sure he was definitely one of the cooler ones for sure <laughs> simon, simon pig yeah, yeah simon pig yeah i really dig they're simon fun pig. yes but yeah. they're not the most accountable yeah i yeah, don't know uh-huh yeah yeah i do I, I think that you just can't beat the amount also even the amount of tech that bond has yeah. he tends to have like Everything down to his watch does something cool. His dress shoes do something cool. His cars do do something cool. His yeah. pack of cigarettes, his cigarettes do something cool. Like he's just so many different things. Um, and they, his team as well as him are classy. Like yeah. even, just in their names and how they carry themselves, like they're classy. And so like I do, I would agree with you that Bond tech and class wise, 
edges out Ethan Hunt just in those categories. I'm also not definitively picking yet. Yeah. Um, but also, even from a tech standpoint, is it wise that everything that you tend to use in Mission Impossible has to blow up after you use it? <laughs> like that it's right. It costs tens of thousands of dollars, and it's a one-time use. Like I know we yeah. joked about like the the tech people <laughs> for like RoboCop and T eight hundred, but can you imagine the poor guy that comes up with the technology and he's like, wait, can we just maybe on the third time blow it up? <laughs> like, do we have to blow it up now? Um, and who yeah. tested it? Like oh, three seconds is enough. Oh right. nope, he needs more time. He's blown to bits. Five <laughs> seconds, perfect. Okay, this message, hundred bucks, and we're gonna save the rest of them. No, 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 it has to self destruct. That's gonna be an extra five million. It has to self-destruct. Okay, <laughs> let's do um, it. <laughs> I have to talk about the strengths then uh, of a of, again love Tom Cruise, love the Mission movies, love the Bond movies. This is a another strength and and weakness, kind of for both of them actually. So Bond and and Hunt, but more Hunt in my opinion. Incredibly lucky. Mm. incredibly lucky with him and his ragtag team. Yeah. I think that wild card luck is good, but also like not dependable. Right. Um, right. Which I guess why it's called their mission impossibles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but thank gosh they're lucky because uh, yeah, going not, this... the missions aren't supposed to be easy or else the movie would be lame. <laughs> <laughs> mission possible. <laughs> mission totally doable. <laughs> Um, uh, he's been able to defeat death, Ethan Hunt. Um, he passed out under the water and came back and like, you know, went back to doing it. He he does crazy, crazy stunts, which we talked about, you know, he's a skilled rock climber, uh, Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Bond is iconic, Mm -hmm. but I have been known to change and map my hairstyles to Ethan Hunt, basically to whatever (laughs) Tom Cruise looks like in the mission movies. Um, so, you know, there's that, but, um, some weaknesses I have for Ethan Hunt as he, while that wild card aspect takes too many risks. And I feel like bond and the team could totally, Hey, let's just get him to jump these three buses and put his own self to exploding message there. And boom, he's done. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Bond? I think the Me Too movement would cancel Bond. A uh, bit of a womanizer. <laughs> yeah, just a touch. No, just, just a touch. <laughs> uh, that's a weakness. Uh, and then, you know, his ego, he's very cocky. Like I kind of feel like Bond's on penicillin constantly as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, what What does this uh, IV bag do? Is it, it's just penicillin, Bond. <laughs> yeah, you just, need antibiotics at all times, penicillin. Mr. Bond. <laughs> he takes it shaken. Not <laughs> Uh, oh, I did hear that that is also a weakness. Shaken, not stirred, is apparently he's just having a weak martini oh. by shaking it. It's he's a lightweight, it huh? Oh. Yeah. I guess we don't want a drunk bar. <laughs> That's true. Imagine how much more poor his decisions would be. Uh. Yeah. Oh, so it's, I love them both. I am going to... Young David, some mad at myself. I think in the end, it's 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 Bond. Mm. Bond wins this fight. I okay. So my rationale came down to because I I went back and forth when I was looking at all the different movies and the different categories and matching up different things. But for me, the difference was is that Ethan Hunt in certain movies takes a beating. Like he is a yes. tough, tough person. Like he, uh, Bond, you don't ever really, it's not until these Daniel Craig movies that you really see that Bond like can get beat up from time to time or lose from time to time. But I feel like from the very beginning of the Mission Impossible series with Tom Cruise, he, he, his body's on the line constantly. Mm -hmm. And he's quite a skilled fighter as well. And you really, again, only got glimpses of Bond being a skilled fighter in the, in the Daniel Craig ones. Um, so I, I felt like, I felt like just because the fact that it seems so stupid, just because he can take a beating, um, (laughs) like, and keep coming back, like, but at the same time, it's just like, I don't know, that toughness factor of like, it's Rocky, you know, both eyes swollen shut, you're getting up off the mat sort of thing is what I dig about Ethan Hunt. Totally. Um, Love that. And so for me, I kind of, I felt like Ethan Hunt was edged out Bond 
just because of that toughness factor that I feel like he would get hit and keep keep coming, keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. <laughs> That's how winning is done. <laughs> uh, who do you want to show up at your house? Do you want Pierce Brosnan or Daniel Craig to give you an endless beating? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to have a watered-down martini with Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> Dan- Daniel Craig, uh, he, yeah, he's a little—he's a little too intense for me. <laughs> All right, so you're going Hunt, who I do love, uh, and I'll go Bond. All right, I'll—I'll I'll just say my final notes there is I just think that Pierce Brosnan Bond wouldn't have to fight; he'd somehow lure him in, take that silencer out, and it'd be—it'd just be a clean yeah. kill. <laughs> and close scene. <laughs> I feel like all of Pierce Brosnan's ones, like, yeah, he, he finishes it and you got that. For those who uh, can't see, the this is a podcast, but when Eric did that, he somehow magically appeared with the martini. Uh, so we'll see how. Oh, uh, you're just making me edit more else. things in YouTube. Like, that's <laughs> like more animation I had to spend time on. <laughs> All right, so this next fight, uh, I feel like is I, I like I just feel like this is a super cool category, and I feel like it's a pretty good matchup, and so I'm pumped to talk about this one. So here we go. It's not every day that you find out you're responsible for three billion deaths. Dodge this. Fight. I was realizing when I was trying to do the audio for this that you have so many monologues from Sarah Connor. And with Trinity, the coolest thing she says is, dodge this, and then just fires her gun. Like, how, how tough can you be that you get two just... Yeah, dodge this, and it sounds so killer. <laughs> Still really cool, uh, bad uh, doorbell lady. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, just hearing that, it's like, oh, yeah, Trinity is pretty sick. She's yes, awesome. She is. So when you think, <laughs> you want to give us the tail of the tape? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I told David that I started Googling their height and weight and immediately stopped. Shut <laughs> it down. Like, Shut, Shut it down. It down. <laughs> we don't do this. I don't want to get it. Our female fans will hate us. My wife will hate me. Um, but yeah, so the tail of the tape does not exist for this category for obvious Footage reasons. not found. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was no information on the entire internet that I could find about it, it, that. <laughs> it went to one of those uh, 404 website pages or 504 uh, maintenance site. I, yeah. I searched it and then I got an email directly from Linda Hamilton and she says, pump your brakes and back off. And I listened to what Sarah Connor has to say. <laughs> it's like, mind your business. I, uh, with Sarah Connor, I have to say with some of her strengths, I think right off the bat, you would have to, I mean, she took, with help, took down a Terminator. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to go into her record. Oh, for sure. Um she became a weapon expert, a demolition expert. Mm-hmm. She's incredibly strong. I think you mentioned that right out the gate in our T2 episode of how she's got her bed off the ground and she's yeah. doing pull-ups on it. And then an incredibly, incredibly high pain tolerance. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's what... I'm not picking a winner or anything. I'm just saying that's that helps her a mm-hmm. ton yeah. in this kind of category where she's a i don't know if trinity would be considered like a superhuman yeah but it's a little um they're not on level playing field no in a sense yeah because i thought about that too because in the matrix yes trinity is a, a is superhuman yeah but outside of the matrix she didn't have the same well I get, did they get she dressed like Padme or Anakin's mother? I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, yeah, I feel like it, 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 yeah, this was a tough, this was a tough one to choose because I do feel like Trinity had a team around her. So a lot of the times things that the fights with agents were in a group yeah. and didn't tend to be one-on-one. And that, you know, even that audio dropper for saying dodge this, it was when they were, he was pursuing Neo and this, the agent didn't see her. Um, uh, so, like, she never truly got that one-on-one fight. But you're right, too, with Sarah Connor in the first Terminator. Like, Kyle Reese ends up, like, helping along the way to damage 
the Terminator, but then she kind of, you know, gets, you know, similar to our first retro fight night, you get lucky that if you don't have a steel mill of molten steel around, <laughs> a hydraulic press is the next best thing um, that she got lucky in that, in that one. But uh, she did just in the face of, I, this was one of those things that made me also realize the toughness level between Trinity and between Sarah Connor is Sarah Connor in the face of a Terminator. Yeah. Like a T-1000 that with one arm cocking a shotgun, leading yeah. leading him away from her only child, showed no fear and refused to call out to her son. Like, yeah. so, like she can, she's really tough. And Trinity, I don't think has ever, at least in the films, she never has experienced that like level of pain or showed that kind of level of toughness. Um, so that was to me like the mental and physical fortitude of Sarah Connor. I, I would give that to her over over Trinity. I agree. Who looked cooler? We talked about this call. with Blade and the Crow in our last fight night. Yeah, you've got the all black. She had a like a cut off shirt. I'm talking about Sarah Connor. She had the hat, the military hat, um, just and wielding a rifle. Trinity. Uh, leather, yeah, also, uh, sunglasses. also very cool. Yeah. Sunglasses, the short haircut and wet stuff. hair, like, short yeah. hair, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 it's it's tough. It's a tough call. Yeah, I gotta go. Oh, I gotta go, Sarah Connor. She yeah? just looked so. Yeah, bad. you can't like when she. Yeah, when she. Get, <laughs> <laughs> when it when it gets to yeah, like something about when she goes to hunt down Miles Dyson, in in that movie. And she's in the all black and has the yeah. round sunglasses, the cap, the tactical gear. So cool. So intense. Tactical gear. There you go. Yeah. But at the same time, when Trinity, when she suits up with Neo and they go into that lobby with just all the guns in the world. Yeah. She And she's flipping around and she's just, yeah. She also has an amazing cool factor to her too. But I, there is part of me that I would agree with you that for some reason, Sarah Connor when it comes to that cool factor is edges out Trinity. But the biggest thing for me that was kind of a, a, a turning point, because I feel okay. like I'm in the Sarah Connor territory up until this point, is Trinity is a phenomenal martial artist. Yes. Like she, the, her acrobatic skills, her just, the way she fights, like that, that, that first fight scene with her in the first Matrix where all those police officers come in when she's on the computer and she just levels all of it's so convincing. Yeah. Um, Sarah Connor, yes, as well. Like when she has people in the the asylum that come to, like, <laughs> she is more of like a blunt force that she, she uses just, that police knife stick. Yeah. And she jumps on a. She's kind of like cat like. Yes. At times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And she more attacks and then evades. That yeah. it's just there's not a prolonged fight. And it's and then even I realized too that in Terminator Two, it's when Arnold shows up at, coming out of the elevator that she gets swarmed by like three or four employees yeah. and they pin her down, and right. like she gets overcome. Trinity didn't get overcome by an entire police precinct. Yeah. <laughs> like she 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 destroyed all of those police officers. Um, so uh, com, combat hand to hand combat, Trinity is is my choice in that category. Yeah. And Sarah, why didn't you map out where the stairs were? Why are you waiting for an elevator? <laughs> That's true. I mean, That's so true. maybe Trinity. Here's another thing about Trinity, too, that I love. Like, when we describe Sarah Connor, I got, like, chills. Just intimidation. Yeah. Trinity is, like, an unassuming yes. intimidation. Like, oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, wait, I messed up. I've yeah. severely messed up. Trinity could kill me, right? Yeah. It's like, but it it doesn't it doesn't hit right off the bat, and I think that gives her yeah extra though that that helps her in a in a way. Yeah, it's um, true. Like she has kind of a an a, like a an allure to her that you're kind of curious as to who Trinity is. Yeah, and then I feel like yeah, if you lean in. And you she get, kicks you in the face. Yeah, she, she does that <laughs> slow-mo <Right>. kick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's a weapons expert. She's got able to do bullet trickery. Uh, she's a cyber hacker. I feel like, oh, here I have this. This is my just brain. But she could use her hacking abilities mm -hmm. to activate Skynet, trigger Sarah Connor into thinking that 
Skynet's again going for John Connor, which is to me leads to Sarah's downfall. Uh-huh. Yes, in that end of T2 scene, it was amazing. It was the hero and the human, right? Right. We got the hero and the cyborg, but now we've, we've got what mankind can do and what they'll do for their love uh, of their son. Right. That's also a weakness. That's to me. true. That is true. She'll do anything it takes to protect her son, even if that means ending her own self. That's so true. So if Trinity were evil and not having to, you know, she could totally activate Skynet with her hacking through the Matrix, I feel, in some kind of multiverse. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that, but that is also Trinity's weakness. Yeah. She will do anything to protect Neo, yeah. the one, <laughs> and uh, she'll die herself. To do yeah, that. So they true. both have this they're safe, they're protectors, right? They are. Absolutely. At all costs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they have a, a love in their life between a, a son and a significant other. And and they're very, yeah, they're protectors. Um, they'll sacrifice their own their own lives. Cause even like with with Trinity, in in multiple movies, I think it was all the way in the first one, that when Neo is dead in the chair after Agent Smith, you know. <laughs> does the super punches and stuff on him yeah. or shoots him multiple times. Um, that she just, she, you have those, the sentinels breaching the ship and yeah. she didn't move. She stayed. She like, she was there. Um, so yeah, it does make you wonder in some sort of a multiverse, if Neo is gone and John Connor is gone and you have two women that don't have their anchor and their love, right. that would be brutal. <laughs> That just reminds me of our Jurassic Park episode, uh, uh, Dinosaurs Eat Man, Women Inherit the Earth. Uh, Sarah Connor Trinity would probably just be friends. (laughs) We don't have to worry about these losers anymore. (laughs) Two really badass friends, yeah. (laughs) So, okay, I didn't think of this until now when I'm trying to think of the final haymaker. What if Sarah, I talked about Trinity activating Skynet. I guess Sarah Connor, if she got into that ship, you made me think of this with the machines. If she blasted Trinity while Trinity's plugged in, ah, that'd be good over. Point. Well, right? if, you, if you think about it, since we don't, we, since we both agreed that Terminator doesn't exist after Terminator Two, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, listen back to our Tears for a Terminator episode. It should have ended there. Um, <laughs> but if you think about that, if if that's the end of that storyline. Sarah Connor had the ability to shut down a world-ending computer yeah. system in Skynet. So she would have the ability, I feel like, to shut down the Matrix. And yeah. then, yeah, that she's fighting now a human woman, not the superhuman jacked-in one in the Matrix. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting twist. So I like that, that kinda, multiverse. <clears throat> yeah, that kind of goes back to the environment and the circumstances in this case. So I guess... In that case, Sarah Connor would win, but I think my pick, I have to go with the mixed martial artist, leather wearing, bullet trickery bending <laughs> Trinity. <laughs> I I agree with you. I am I'm also in the Trinity uh, bandwagon, and I think just like our our first fight night, <laughs> I was just like, you don't. Speak ill of Linda Hamilton. <laughs> like, right. Sarah Connor is like so, she was such an iconic first of her, kind of first of her kind. Like we talked about her being similar to Sigourney Weaver as as Ripley. Like, yeah. but Trinity, yeah, like she, she has this edge to her that I feel like she, Sarah Connor would give her a good fight, but not, not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like, it'd be lame. It'd be cool. One of those mixes where if like Sarah Connor's doing that pump up shotgun thing, yeah. shoots again, I guess Trinity would just have to fly back on her, you know, and like That's get true. out of the way of it. Like, and I start thinking about that bullet trickery and what Sarah, I called her a weapons expert, but if, if you can be in the matrix in that fight, right. then Trinity really wouldn't get hit by a bullet either, I guess. That's true. That's a good point. Oh, sorry, Sarah Connor. Yeah. You can show up to my house and <laughs> pummel me. <laughs> All right. So this next category is a, is a is an interesting twist because there are fictional characters, but in more of a human against human uh, sort of fight. So here's the next one. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mister Cowboy? You be gay, mother. 
I'm surprised you haven't heard about me. You know, I got a bad reputation. I mean, sometimes I just go nuts like now. <laughs> Fight. All right. So uh, if you can't tell from that audio, Jeff, it's John, Officer John McClain from the New York Police Department and <laughs> Martin Riggs from the L.A. Police Department. Two very unhinged police officers when you yes. look back at these movies. Um, yeah, it's uh, uh, I, I feel like uh, much like we've talked about with other categories that the amount of sarcastic one liners between <laughs> Martin Riggs and John McClane is just plentiful. There are yeah. so many of them. Uh, so it's difficult. Yippie Kaye is such, <laughs> su- you know, yeah, Yippie Kaye doorbell ding dong <laughs> uh, that like is such an iconic action line it's right up there with come with me if you want to live hasta la vista baby totally um but i feel like the vast majority of dialogue of martin riggs is just funny and sarcastic and unhinged yeah. and um and then you also have the buddy cop aspect of martin riggs with Murtaugh. Yeah. like i just uh, yeah, this is a great category. I'm excited to break this down. And we'll get back into the tail of the tape now yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> it's it's permitted. Uh, so with this, John McClane is 185 pounds, six foot one. Okay. Martin Riggs is 100. Wait, with, is this McClane six foot one with hair or bald? <laughs> so yeah, with hair or with shoes because sometimes he's barefoot, sometimes... <laughs> That's what I have is his first strength, the most durable feet. Seriously, those calluses have to be like three inches thick. Um, so maybe he, yeah, maybe the six one is three feet of scar tissue on the bottom, or three inches of scar tissue on the bottom of his feet. Um, so yeah, one eighty five, six foot one for John McClane, and Martin Riggs is one sixty five, a little slimmer and more average. He's five ten, uh, oh. which I feel like Mel Gibson really is like five eight. He's more of Tom Cruise five eight five nine, um, and so, yeah, always but, had a good set of hair. Oh, for sure. Always. McLean yeah. has to be so jealous of that right out the Absolutely. Because I feel like it was, you know, Mr. Willis, it was barely hanging on in the first Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but yeah, these, it, when it really comes down to it, it's two very unhinged cops that are in the most extreme situations all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just like. That they put themselves in. Absolutely. I yeah. have that as a strength and a weakness like uh-huh. they are so unhinged they have this iron will mm-hmm. but they also have this like i i'm gonna do this and if it doesn't work out well yeah. i'll see you in the next life yeah like, they're absolutely. willing to end it i mean their lives suck uh yeah it's true both of McLe- no the amount of McLean trauma rigs i mean yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, they have the badge left. That's it. Yeah. They're doing it for the badge. They don't even like their bosses either, though. So I don't even know if they're doing it for the badge. But they are like in putting these uh, themselves in these situations because they got nothing to lose. No, no. I, I, I was curious. I There's part of me that I'd love to... I'd love to have somebody that's like a insurance assessment person <laughs> watch all the diehards and watch all the lethal weapons and determine the amount of... Of damage and the cost required for those police departments to pay for it. I was, yeah, I was wondering how we could fit Ben Stiller's character into this. Like <laughs> yeah. that, he would be the actuary or the it assessor. Would, yeah, like, exactly. Uh, that it's just, I can't imagine the tens of millions of dollars, <laughs> right. especially straight out of the gate with John McClane. You blew up like the top six floors of a high rise, like a giant building in downtown LA. Um, yeah, the the amount of explosions. And collateral damage and just, yeah, somehow they were able to, it, it, it kind of, it blends into um, Jack Slater. In, uh, oh, yeah. That they, they, I feel like they were making fun of movie cops like this that sure. just go blow things up. Their their boss wants to take their badge and gun from them every five seconds. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, it's, it's, that's exactly what they're making fun of. Uh, but I, I, I know that they also, I feel like neither one of them follow protocol period. No, they don't, that doesn't apply to them. You know, they got, and their, their boss knows that not to go down the rabbit hole too, cause I know we'll do superheroes that, you know, in other episodes, but like they were like the original cause superheroes get that. Like you destroyed a city. Yeah. in the wake of saving everyone but like we have this bill now that the taxpayers have to pay and it's yeah. like you know <laughs> but like McLean, um yeah no neither one of them followed protocol i felt bad for murtaugh at times because he's like 
you're sticking me with this guy? Yeah, like, I just want to retire. How did I, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah, it's one of those things where you're really good at your job and you get more work. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, you know, I feel bad for him. But, you know, with McLean, he's, some of his strengths I have is that he'll protect his family. Mm-hmm. He'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> so I do have in here, comma, strong feet. Um, <laughs> uh, he was a weapons expert. He was a creative cusser, which I feel uh, adds to like the one-liners. Um He's pretty strong. He, I, uh, he like became Ethan Hunt down the road. He landed a motorcycle on a plane. Just kind of yeah. got a little over yeah. the top. Uh-huh. Um, he does have a high intelligence though, which which I think helps him in that. Un- we talked about this with Trinity. He's kind of an unassuming, yeah, problem solver. Yeah, like, well, that guy in the. Uh, I don't know if uh, the term wife beater is still like appropriate for that clothing item <laughs> but uh you know it's like that guy yeah. wearing that without shoes right What's he yeah. gonna, how's he gonna take down these evil henchmen uh-huh you know um uh and then he as we saw in the diehard movies he improvises oh yeah so he's a, like a macgyver yeah yeah macgyver yeah yeah MacGruber. I, <laughs> MacGruber. um i i also feel like when i was breaking things down Yes, they're both two hardened cops. Yeah. They're skilled at weapons and things like that. But when it comes to truly matching up skill set of marksmanship and uh, kind of hand-to-hand combat abilities, uh, Riggs is Army Special Forces. That's right. Uh, that like That's he's right. Special Forces and is a marksman before ever coming to the LAPD. Yeah. And so I do feel like in hand-to-hand you know, if he could, if he could get McLean out of the heating vents um, and be able to get into a fist fight with him, um, you know, because I'll give McLean the stealth nature. That in that first Die Hard, the fact that he was crawling around like tight corridors, yeah. and uh, just being as, mischievous, as the xenomorph is just licking its lips. <laughs> true, he totally was the xenomorph of that movie. It's, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I feel like if it came down to hand to hand. Uh, it would be a slugfest. It totally yeah. would be. And both of them, uh, I think similar to what we were talking, like when I brought up Ethan Hunt, but Ethan Hunt can be a punching bag, like a rocky eyes swollen shut. These yes. two guys, McLean and Riggs, my goodness, it would be, it would be nuts. It, like, cause neither one of them would want to stop. Yeah. Like neither one of they're they're both so unhinged that it would just be <laughs> so intense. It would be crazy. In football, like you know, whoever has the ball last wins. Yeah. In some some you know um, games, that's whoever gets that last shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We you and I love wrestling. I feel like also both of these guys wouldn't wouldn't come out with the damaged reputation losing. Right. Yeah. Because it would be such a just glorious battle. Yeah. That. Yeah. The loser really doesn't lose. They're no. winning, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. Unlike you in these fight nights. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I told you guys I'd get him for all those short jokes that he said. Um, <laughs> I got to catch up on all the old man bros. I still don't think I've had enough short jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so with with Riggs, I did have that special forces, but then I'm I, I'm wondering if that's also a uh, a weakness in the sense of like his. PTSD and some of the oh yeah the trauma he's been through and just you know mental health and all that like yeah. would that play um, into that wild card of him but in a damaging way mm-hmm. um, you know I've got it in my notes that uh, he regularly puts himself and anyone else near him in harm's way <laughs> real great guy just a true winner uh, <laughs> secretly hoping. Uh, someone will put him out of his misery. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you know, but uh, at the same time, he doesn't want to lose, I feel. Right. He, yes. he has to win. Yeah. So he's very, very, you know, vicious uh, cycle that he does to himself. Uh, total disregard for his safety. Um, but that's what turns him into yeah. a lethal weapon. <laughs> <So> <laughs> nice. There you go. Uh, yeah. I. It is funny when you think about it because... As, uh, I think similar to what we were talking about with the the Bond and Hunt category of, yeah, P- Riggs, I feel like until, um, uh, oh, what's her name? Renee. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. Is that Ligger? What is her name? Why can't I think of her name? Until later on in the, in the show, they, um, 
every single female character, like his wife died and then he tries to get a girlfriend and she dies. And it's always at the hands of like the villains and stuff like that. That, uh, yeah. Uh, and then McLean is just a bitter divorced guy for all yeah. of the films. Like Daughter he, hates him. Yeah. It's yeah. just like he has no family night life. Yeah. His career is, is being a cop and same with uh, Riggs, uh, when you think about that. So it, um, yeah, I, I had a hard time deciding, but at the same time, what edged out was that special forces signed. Oh, okay. And I, yeah, it would just have to be Riggs. Like, I feel like Riggs has that extra edginess and the extra skill set. Um, and then on top of it, if that wasn't enough, he's got that always backup brotherhood of Murtaugh. Like he's, yeah, he's got yeah, that yeah. second person and McClane doesn't have, he never has that. He no. never has a sidekick to help him because no, he's abandoned yeah, Justin Long. <laughs> so, but that's why I picked McClane. If he could put up with Justin Long's bull door, doorbell ringer, um, <laughs> then he can beat Riggs. Um, no, I actually love, I think you and I've talked about this. I love Die Hard 4. Um, mm-hmm. Love it. But yeah. you can take your special forces. All right. But I'm... <laughs> And I would say yippee ki to that because McLean, bald McLean, has nothing to lose. He's going to yeah. throw that leather jacket on. He's going to put shoes on this time, and he is going to win this fight. <laughs> I'm going McLean. I thought you were going to say that with, with his hardened hammer solids, iron steel uh, calluses <laughs> on his feet, he would front kick Riggs in the, in the mouth and just like completely knock him out of action. Maybe um, Die Hard 1, but I'm picking Die Hard 4. Uh, McLean, his legs aren't going up that high. That's true. Yeah. There wasn't a lot there. I don't think there was any kicking going on in that one. <laughs> no, just a lot of crawling. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of crawling. Yes. So I'm going McLean. All right. Uh, that it's funny. Cause I did, I went back and forth. Cause like when you think of die hard cop, it's the word die hard is in there for a reason. Like it's just, it's such a, like that, that, that terminology is so linked to just being hardcore and persistent and never yeah never losing and that even in dying it's going to be hard sort of thing like yeah so uh i i i was i was more expecting you'd go with Riggs. so that's interesting and you and i love i love both love the lethal weapon movies yeah. grew up on them you know more than i did die hard i'll say that but yeah just looking at their stats and okay i gotta ask you real quick what we've done this with the other guys cool factor mm. who would you give the cool factor to I'd give it to Riggs. Like, Mel Gibson's such a cool guy. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I, we might can't get canceled for, you know, his, his previous <laughs> history and stuff. But I, Mel Gibson as a kid, uh, and even as an adult, like, I think at some point we'll probably do a retrospective on him because yeah. Braveheart, Lethal Weapon, like, The Patriot. Yeah. Like, he oh, has... so good. And then even to get into things like what women want and stuff, like, he breached into all yeah. these different categories. Passion and of was, the Christ. Yeah, like, so many <laughs> different categories. <laughs> We've never talked about that before. I mean, it is a... a I mean, it is a one... Uh, is it bad to say heck of a movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, I, I, I would give him the cool factor because Mel Gibson was just... So cool, yeah. and I feel like Bruce Willis had that too, but not to the level of of Mel Gibson. Cool. Yeah, he was more of like your weird uncle, like in the yeah. garage sale. Bruce Willis with the shirt <laughs> and stuff like that, coming out without shoes on. Yeah. But there's an image of Mel Gibson with the button up, short sleeve, cigarette hanging out of his mouth, gun yeah. up, the the extra ammo hanging out of his jeans. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and that hair. Yeah, that, that hair was good. All I, right, so cool factor would go to Riggs. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, and I, I feel like, I feel like also it's like we, we delve into every once in a while in these fight nights, of just the actors themselves. As much as I love Mel Gibson, I love Bruce Willis. Like I, I think Bruce Willis over the past like five or so years, I feel like ever since Looper, when he did Looper, oh, like in great. 2010, 2011, it was so good, and it, he was on this upswing. And um, I feel like he, he's similar to Mel Gibson too. That he did a wide range. He did yeah. he did some romantic comedies. Um, he did one with Michelle Pfeiffer called "The Story of Us." That was okay. like a divorced couple that was really good. He was the baby's voice and look who's talking. <laughs> like he, you know, he's been in so many things, and he's so John McClane. Yeah. Like and you know, so uh, yeah. Thanks to uh, to Bruce Willis for everything that he's done and the fact that he's retiring. Like. 
he he's given us so many retro chapters of our life um yeah that i just yeah I watch Die Hard every Christmas because to me it's a Christmas film. <laughs> um, like, yeah, it's a big part. Bruce Willis stuff is a big part of my my retro memory. So kudos, kudos to him. Uh, and I'm balding as well, so I feel like <laughs> we can commiserate together, Mr. Willis. <laughs> All right. So, what? Uh, oh, we're down to this is the final. This is the fourth one of what round two of Retro Fight Night. Uh, so here we go. We're going into a, a different category, but I feel like it's still a great matchup like the rest of these. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. There can be only one. Fight. There can be only one. <laughs> How incredibly hard was it for you to get a clip of Darth Maul talking? It, was that I, his only lines? <laughs> I think that was two lines of his three total lines. <laughs> like, I think that that was it. Right. Um, and I honestly, when I was searching for it, I didn't expect to get one because I yeah. forgot that he even talked. <laughs> when you did that, I was like, God, Eric, you really did a great Darth Maul impression because he didn't speak in the movie. <laughs> Oh, hey, I'm Darth Maul. Um, <laughs> so, classics. This, yeah. as we've titled it, our Blade Master, right? Highlander, Darth Maul. Um, really tough. Really, really tough to decide. I grew up on Highlander. You know what's interesting? And I was going to ask you about this, too. Like, as I rewatched Highlander, I definitely re grew up on the bad Highlanders. <laughs> oh, I grew like up the on, TV like, show Highlander? Well, I did watch that, but I grew up on like Highlander 3, Highlander oh, yeah. 4, the yeah. Highlander 5, The Final Dimension. I was, yeah. I was watching the first Highlander. I remembered some of it was like, this was not as cool for young David. The later mm -hmm. ones, the young David liked, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it did that whole series. Um, the first one was a very distinct feel to it. And, yes. and then it started changing and shifting and kind of got a little... Yeah, just a just a little like kitschy and like it just didn't have the same cool factor of the first one. The first one was dark. Like Very whenever they dark. had the what was it the the quickening or whenever they had their fights. Yes. It was just the set design, the darkness of it and you knew that it's just like the stakes were high. You have two immortals that are fighting and there can be only one. They, like it's their heads were cut off. Yeah. And Crazy. I was like, God, young David should not have been watching this. Well, um, and what I forgot, too, from watching it as a kid, it's just like, yeah, I thought they're just having a sword fight. But I realized as I continued watching the, you know, the multiple sequels and then even the television series that came in like the late 90s, uh, yeah. I think throughout the whole 90s, there was that had a lot of seasons, I feel like. Um, but I totally forgot that when they killed a Highlander, they absorbed that Highlander skill set. Yes. I totally forgot they that, which stronger, is so cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you become um, a better Highlander than you were, um, which is super cool. And then you have, yeah, you have Connor McCloud trained by James Bond himself. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the only one, Sean Connor. <laughs> Wait, you've got to do all your S's. Welcome money, Pony. Well, it'll come to me. Oh, I'm Highlander. Um, yeah, how cool of a name is Connor McLeod, though? And, and, oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to mess this up, uh, but I, Christopher Lambert. Uh, oh, yeah. That's yeah, his yeah. Name. yeah. Um, also played Raiden in Mortal Kombat, which we'll yeah. eventually do uh, as well. But, like, I, I'm going to base a lot of this off of the first Highlander because it still is amazing, I, even though I watch the other ones later. But, I mean, some of the strengths for him, I guess you'd have to start with the fact that he's immortal. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I get, you know, so he's trained for centuries. He's, I have here he's trained with swords and lightning because he had yeah. lightning powers. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so does Darth Maul, or could eventually, I That's guess. That's true. If he, he's training with Sith, you know. Yeah. We never saw him do any lightning, though, in the in, in, in Phantom Menace. Um, there was the occasional, like, force force push and stuff like that, push, but not, yeah. like, force lightning, yeah. For strengths for Darth Maul, I literally have, because I knew this... <laughs> I mean, come on. Comma, he's Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> That's your justification. <laughs> that, I mean, I will never get that scene out of my head in Phantom Menace when we see him with the dual lightsabers for the yeah. first time and the music behind him, the horns on his head, and just the 
what is it? Acrobatics, yeah. aerial acrobatics yeah. that he's able to pull off. And I feel like one lightsaber is hard enough, regardless of how you've been trained. Mm-hmm. I have been trained. Um, <laughs> to, to wield two with the finesse that he did. Yeah. I mean, this is Darth Maul. Yeah. Incredibly cool. Yeah. And cool looking. Yeah, that's um, true. And a, a true threat to, in my opinion, one of the greatest Jedi's, Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. But like Qui-Gon Jinn... Liam Neeson gets back on that ship and was like, like huffing and puffing. Like, yeah. oh, that guy. And they only fought for like six seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just thinking of the stamina and the quickness of Darth Maul. But I also think of the quickness of, I mean, does uh, he's Highlander. He's a blade master for a yeah. reason. Yeah. So it's I, a very even. Yeah. And I, I started, because I thought too, yeah, when it comes to just the their blade skills, it's very even. And I feel like one of the bigger things like you had touched on is the fact that when I looked up, it showed that um, it showed that uh, Highlander, I think it was in 1536 is the year he became immortal. Um, and so he is, yeah, it's like 500 years yeah. that he has, or co- like close to 500 years of absorbing other Highlander's powers and becoming more and more and more powerful every single time. And then even as, if you think about it, as that kind of March Madness bracket narrows <laughs> on the Highlanders, once he, as you keep beating more, you're absorbing such insane more power as time yeah. goes on. And that ele- element of it to me, also, kind of, like when you go over to Maul, to be taught from the Emperor... And to be getting the Sith powers, which is also this kind of tiered based thing. Yeah. That as you become darker and darker and darker, you do. You get the force lightning and all that sort of stuff. You get to kill so, younglings. Yeah. I yeah. Mean. Yeah. Childs aren't off the <laughs> yeah, children aren't off limits. Um, but uh it, yeah, so even with both of them, there is this like kind of tiered skill set as they stay and stick around longer. Right. But one of the interesting things is is I was talking with my wife about this episode. And uh, she had assumed, and I kind of assumed the same thing too, that Darth Maul's so cool looking that you would think similar to Yoda, that Yoda is like, when he says he's hundreds of years old, you're like, oh, that makes sense. You would think with how sinister that Darth Maul looks, that he would also be super old. He's not. Like when okay. I looked up the fandom of it, when Obi-Wan cuts him in half, and he, spoiler alert, and he falls into the giant pit, <laughs> like... He he was only uh, three years younger than Obi Wan, and Obi Wan at that time was like in his late twenties. Oh. So he's a Sith that's like twenty five <laughs> in that film and gets killed. Um, so yeah, you have a twenty five year old early Sith against a five hundred year old Blade Master in Highlander. So that's a little yeah, that, that kind of th- tips the scales a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and that actually kind of sways me more to to McCloud too because now I just can like. Picture Darth Maul, like, kind of like Biff and Back to the Future 2. Where are you going? Grandma, I told you. I got to go take down Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Like, the fact that he's 25, I mean, you know, I don't know. That kind of makes him seem lame now. Yeah, like his, this, his, The horns on his head are barely developed at that point. Yeah, he can't even grow a beard. No wonder why he's hairless. He hasn't got to puberty yet. Sorry, Mr. Maul, is again, Eric. Um, I will... Send you his address to the force. Um, <laughs> so when we talk about weaknesses, though, I do have to say, Connor McCloud's weakness is love. Yeah, yeah. Sh- Sean Connery told him not to fall in love, and I'm going to be called a hypocrite now because this is one of the things I hate about the Jedi. Mm-hmm. As you recall, both Eric and I love, love, love Anakin and hate the Jedi. <laughs> I got that right, Eric, right? Uh-huh, um, sure. <laughs> rewind but, the tape. Listen to our <laughs> Star Wars episode. Uh, so I'm a hypocrite there because I'm calling love a weakness. But it did, it, it, it could def. I mean, that's how in First Islander, um, the, that, that, I can't remember the, the enemy's name, but he trapped the girlfriend mm-hmm. um, and lured him that way. Yeah. And so Darth Maul totally could do that. That'd be easy. Um, but his weakness is Darth Maul's kind of, again, like the, opposite, the Jedi and some of the other people we've talked about. He's cocky. Yeah. And he's mission focused. Mm-hmm. But his, I feel like the rest of his life was so consumed by trying to find Obi-Wan mm-hmm. that that could be used against him. Yeah. And then 
I guess I'm going to side with Yoda, like, you know, and the Jedi. Gosh, I hate doing this, but he's <laughs> controlled and he deals in absolution, which yeah. only a Sith does that. And it led to their downfall. I really love the Sith, I guess. Man, I didn't know it until we've done these podcasts. His eyes are turning orange as we speak, folks. <laughs> You're going to have to add that in the Photoshop. Yeah. You did you did this to yourself. <laughs> Where did Revenge your were you wearing a cloak this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I with with those I'm going I'm looking at really, really Well, and did we discuss would the sword be able to be a lightsaber with a lightsaber cut through that special sword. It wasn't really a special sword. Though. No, it was just a, an ancient samurai sword. So it, yeah. yeah, if you had a, a plasma based lightsaber, it would <laughs> fight would be over. Um, but in my mind, I was thinking you'd either you give Connor a lightsaber or you give Darth Maul a dual sided bladed thing um, just to even it up. But yeah, cause straight out of the gate, uh, yeah, a lightsaber would just melt a samurai sword. <laughs> <laughs> I love McLeod. I do love Highlander. I, I, I gotta go with Darth Maul though. Mm, gotta side with the dark side. Twenty, but I hate saying now twenty-five-year-old Darth Maul. <laughs> that just seems so Gen lame. Z Darth Maul. <laughs> hey, look, Palpatine, I got my driver's license. <laughs> I don't know. Just Check so out my lame. new TikTok, Palpatine. Isn't it cool? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm on the other side of it. Maybe it's oh. because I'm an old man <laughs> that I'm going to go with the 500-year-old Blade Master. You were born Highlander. when he became a Highlander. Yep, was that 1536. 1536? Yep. You were 1536. <laughs> yeah, 1536. That seems about right. <laughs> and I'm 25. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Oh. But I'm, I'm going to give it to Connor just because of that element of... 500 years of skill sets of absorbing his enemies over and over and over again. And then at the same time, uh, like, I I don't know. We talked about in the Star Wars episode, the, all the flippity stuff that happens in the prequels. Not That's wise. what it's written as, flippity, flippity stuff. stuff. Ray Park, in the lo- script. <laughs> love that you called it that just 15 now. minutes of flippity stuff is what it says <laughs> in the script. Um, remove Jim Henson puppet that everybody loves. <laughs> Give us full CGI Yoda. Um, no, but like, I feel like Connor is such a skilled uh, a bladesmith that the second Darth Maul does his first flip, and perfectly exposes his head <laughs> and is not protecting it anymore. It's just one swipe over with. One flip, fight scene done. Connor McCloud wins. So I can't disagree. I think they say like we don't get fully developed brains until like 25. It's so true. it explains why Darth Maul makes s- s- poor choices. So <laughs> yes, I can't disagree with you on that. But I feel like anybody that can lose their torso in a fight can easily lose their head as well. <laughs> like I'm just saying. <laughs> he lost his head. <laughs> so you're going Highlander. Okay, let's do a recap. All right. I think we got to do a recap. Let's see what we matched out on this one. Um, I went uh, Bond. I think you went Hunt. Well, did uh, Yes, I went... Oh, hold on a second. I went Hunt. I did. Yep. We... Both went Trinity, I feel. We did. Um, we, you went Riggs, and I, I went Riggs. McLean. Mm-hmm. One thing I forgot to mention is they both use a Beretta 92. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. And then uh, I'm going Darth Maul, and you're going Highlander. Oh, my gosh. Are we two versus two again? Yes, we are. We're split. Oh. This is identical to round one of Fight Night. Again, uh, I'll just, we can just declare that, you know, I won. Let's just do that. <laughs> We will, and then because of your old man brain, you'll forget. And I'll, so yeah, sure. you just uh, you won. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, hey, for any sense. listeners that want to give us their opinion, <laughs> we can use what they have to say, and I will accept. I will accept the consensus of the fans. So be sure to call your mother and ask her. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I think there's some movies in here that like our parents would might have to watch <laughs> in order to make the decision. Um, but uh, yeah, I, but well, I'll, I'll I'll ask around and I'll put on social media and we'll 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 give the fans the the consensus. So. Yeah, and I was raised with manners, so I will respect my elders. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> you won. 
There you go. <laughs> um, I think I said this last time. Like, if you know anyone does want to comment and have more fight night category uh, rounds, uh, we would love to hear who you guys uh, suggest and and uh, do an episode on them. So this this has been another blast, another victory. Do I have room behind me for like trophies um, for all my? We wins? should we should make a belt that yeah we ship back and <laughs> yes. forth to each other based on the fight nights. Uh, <laughs> So but, uh, I think I would assume for round three of, <laughs> of uh, Fight Night, the first round would be Bill Murray versus Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> It'll be a five-hour episode of just David and I shouting at each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, until the next time you see us or hear us, be sure to live your life with just a little bit of whimsy. And I won this one, too. Thank you for tuning in to Bygone Geek. Please rate and review our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Bygone Geek. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin.